before we go into my next choice, uh, and a line that will be cut out from the recording, but maybe saved for our loyal Patreon listeners that don't exist, I'm going to go have a piss. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. For this welcome episode six podcast nobody asked for um this week we are going to be talking about you got, a, you, got you, you got to say our names graham jones okay ian harry's um <laughs> seamless seamless so yes uh episode six we're talking we're being very up to the minute finger on the pulse uh and talking about presidents who we would vote for because this is coming out day after Either so two days after election, days after election day, day, yeah, and then probably a day after we know who's won. So I don't know if we do. Do we have to do two intros for this? Uh, let's just we'll just roll it into one. So yeah. So all right. So so I'll I'll go for the first okay. one. So just <sighs> so you guys have voted again. <laughs> so four more years, eh? Yeah, four more. That's great, isn't it? I just always love how you know. America. Then we'll go for the more positive intro. So, yep. so great turnout of the polls, guys. Uh, we've got that orange wanker out of government, and it's it's oh, yeah. Biden season. We never thought anything else. No, absolutely not, and that's why we only recorded this version. And wait, I'll go for one more just in case. Yep. So, I personally welcome our ant overlords. <laughs> I mean, it's better than the last four years, arguably. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that, that that covers everything. But so yeah, so we're, we're going to be talking about presidents we would vote for. So presidents that have been in film or in TV. Unfortunately, they have to be presidents of the United States, which is upsetting because I did want to do Zaphod Beetlebrox from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but he was president. He was galactic president. So apparently... I can't vote for that. But also, I can't vote for the American president, so I don't see what the problem is. Well, um, it, it's not as on the point, no, is it? it it's wasn't. not galactic election day. As far as, as, far as I know, last Tuesday wasn't galactic election day. However, I may be wrong. Maybe they didn't. we didn't get the call. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's kind of why we drilled down into to the United States of America. And to be fair, you know, if there was ever a galactic president, given how the world goes, it would probably be whoever's the president of the US would probably get it. Well, at least they'd think they're right. Oh, yeah, probably. So yeah, that's that's the plan for this week. We've got three each. We say we've got three each. I've got two because I realised halfway through that I'm definitely not voting for one of them, but you'll find that out. They're, they're, they're good options, I think. I think they'd all give the current guys on the ballot a run for their money. So yeah, it'd be good to hear if you agree, if you disagree, we're going to crack on with that in a second. But before that, as always, we need a movie recommendation nobody asked for. And I think it's your turn this weekend. Yeah. So I thought, again, because of kind of the two possible outcomes here, I thought I'd go for two uh, kind of movie recommendations. So first of all, given that we're kind of going politics and hopefully it's a thrilling election, I thought I'd go for a political thriller. So I have gone for 1991's JFK. So JFK is Kevin Costner discovering that there's more to the Kennedy assassination than there seems. It's because Oliver Stone seems to buy into conspiracy theories, half of it is absolutely bullshit. To be honest, it's just an excuse for me to mention JFK on a podcast. I was I was in London yesterday and walked past where the JFK memorial was meant to be and it's been moved. I don't know where it's been moved to, but it's not there anymore. I think it's been moved back into the left. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was that was a very very niche assassination joke there. So let's move on. Anyway, if, um, if people have seen so, JFK and they've had enough of politics already this month, this week, I'd listen to older episodes. What, um, to be honest, <laughs> what, what would you do? Uh, what would your second uh, recommendation be? Yeah. So, like I said, so I thought we'd go for two. So, first one, obviously, kind of more political. Second is it's less. You know, it, it, it's as far away as politics as you can get really, um, in that it's not even kind of American. It's uh, kind of Scandinavian. Um, and that is 2019's Midsummer. Midsummer. Have we mentioned this one on the podcast before? I, I don't think so, which is weird because we're both kind of fans of the film. Great movie. But I definitely recommend uh, kind of Midsummer to anyone out there who's listening. Yeah, and less less horrifying than the past four years of the presidency as well. Definitely less, horrif- less horrifying. So this is uh, the podcast nobody asks for's top three presidents we would vote for. Music. Bow, bow, bow. Oh, right. So in uh, what is clearly the first take of this and not the second because I uh, <laughs> my headphones decided to stop working. My first choice for uh, fictional presidents we would vote for is President David Palmer. So President David Palmer was the president in 24, uh, which was a series where Kiefer Sutherland tortured people as his life got progressively worse day by day. And by progressively worse, I mean, I think he gets tortured at some point. He develops a heroin addiction because, you know, government work. It's just, you know, it's un- it's unforgiving. President David Palmer was, it's a difficult one to explain because the only words that really do it justice is calling him presidential. And I feel like this would be a very short podcast if that's all I said. Because he's presidential. Next one. Yeah, so he was, he, he went through a lot in his kind of term in office. So I've kind of jotted down what happens to him in the five seasons that he was on 24. So in season one, he was a senator. um, And the whole thing is there's this assassination attempt um, on him. So he goes through an assassination attempt. In season two, he becomes president and he has to combat another assassination attempt, as well as the threat of a nuclear bomb going off in America. In season three, there's a bioweapon threat. And then in season four, he's no longer president, but he's kind of acting as a uh, advisor to the current president. And in there, there's terrorist, uh, ter- threats from terrorist cells and more nuclear threats. And then in season five, which causes a little bit of problems uh, for wanting to vote for him, and spoilers for a series that happened about 15 years ago, he gets assassinated. So in season three, at least, I would have voted for him. But he went through a lot in his term, and he seemed to do it with kind of an upright upright zeal and vigor. The problem that I have with 24 is that... So 24 is called 24 because there's 24 episodes in a series. Each episode is an hour of 24. Yeah of the day that's impossible because the hour the episodes are up yeah it's it's a tv hour i like i did quotation marks while i'm (laughs) on a podcast (laughs) yeah so it's a a tv hour so the idea is you're following jack bauer through a day in his horrific life number one the days aren't a day's length long number two i'm assuming like does does jack bauer sleep for eight of these hours like are there eight episodes uh, yeah jack those bauer are the boring sleeping? episodes generally in the middle of the series but no he uh, but also you know he gets hooked on heroin so you know he's got he's got drive behind okay i mean coke might have yeah, helped yeah, more true, true. Him up a bit more 
And then, so anyway, taking all of this into account, you said this guy was president for two, two seasons, seasons, right? So this guy was president for two days? Uh, no, so season three takes place three years after season two. Like, these aren't consecutive days. Oh, I just thought Jack Bauer had a really tough five <laughs> yeah, days. So you, you thought in five days, <laughs> this senator nearly got assassinated, became president for two days, left, and then died. That's, I'd watch that's it. a hell of a week. <laughs> At least they get the weekend yeah. off. But no, so he's um yeah, so he's president for a term. He doesn't get a second term because That's a big, big no no in US politics. He took himself out of the running because it came out that he lied to the police to protect his family or something. And he didn't want to hide that because he's an upstanding and ethical man. And really, that's what you want from a president. Imagine that. Honesty and ethics in politics. <laughs> In American politics. <laughs> Another kind of interesting thing with David Palmer is something called, or what political commentators called the Palmer effect. Apparently, having David Palmer as president in 24 allowed viewers to become more comfortable with the idea of an African-American president, which may have helped the campaign of Barack Obama. Interesting. Which is term, you know, in terms of fictional presidential legacies... <laughs> I think that is quite a good one. Yeah, but also, fuck me. People need to be able to see something on TV so they can accept it in real life. That's yeah. that's a really depressing. But yeah, he was he was always there's a presidential debate scene and there's kind of him talking politics and he always came across very the way you would want a politician to be. So, and especially kind of in this age where we have Trump and Boris, you just kind of look back with kind of, you know, I, I don't know if it's a rose-tinted glasses thing, but you see someone acting like a politician and immediately it's, this is the best politician ever. Oh, it's definitely not rose-tinted glasses. Poli politics right now is fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not that we want to make this a political podcast, but we are doing an episode about presidents uh, around election day. So, you know, we've made our bed here. Well. <laughs> politics. Anyway. Anyway. So you're voting for for this dude yeah so i would i would happily vote for david palmer even with all of kind of the dubious so because it's a tv show obviously there were loads of like in white house conspiracies and stuff and double dealing and i think his wife betrayed him and his brother was having an affair and you know but even with kind of all the stuff that was going on in his white house he still came across as you know he was a he was a leader when you needed a leader and he clearly didn't want to compromise his ethics so for me that makes a president worth voting for. So I would go for, uh, and you know, obviously as kind of the everyman electorate, we wouldn't know what Jack Bauer's doing, but he got to be president in Designated Survivor, which is a terrible TV show, but worth watching. I, I was just going to ask, like you say he's, you know, Jack Bauer's kind of sorting everything out, right? And if he's so ethical, you just told me that Jack Bauer's torturing everyone, so. That's Amer that's American politics, unfortunately. <laughs> Do we do we have time to go into drone strikes, or shall we save that for uh, a different top? Three oh, that's for the that's for the uh, top top three drone strikes episode. Oh yeah, cool, perfect. Um, yeah, you, you're going to vote for him because he's upstanding, ethical. However, the slight disadvantage that he is dead. Slight disadvantage that he's dead, and that he's sending Jack Bauer to do all this fucked up stuff. But you know, there's going to be a Jack Bauer somewhere. <laughs> My first choice, not going to lie, I picked this before I'd seen the film, mainly based on the actor. And this was President William Allen Moore from 2014's Big Game. And the reason I picked President William Allen Moore from this movie is because Samuel L. Motherfucking Jackson as the president is exactly what we need in life. Um, 
that was the basis of this. Fair. And then I watched the movie. And, and I <laughs> profoundly regret doing so. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's one of those films which has always kind of been on my to-watch list because he did a Christmas film called Rare Exports, which is basically a horror movie, which is really, really cool. And I think it's like the writer-director from that and the kid from that as well. Then they announced he was doing action movie with Samuel Jackson as president. I thought it'd be amazing. I never got around to it. Now, apparently, I shouldn't. Look, I mean, I, this isn't about the film. It's about the president but the the film is it's kind of actually i kind of found it veering into like so bad it's good kind of territory the 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 basic premise is samuel jackson is president he's not particularly well liked as a president he's you see like these newspaper articles they're calling the lame duck president etc etc he's flying from the u.s to helsinki for a pre g8 summit thing um and in doing so his plane gets shot down because there's these terrorists that want to take him out they don't want to take him out just for the sake of taking out the president he's basically like rich son of some sheikh who decides he has nothing better to do than hunt down the president to the point that he wants to taxidermy him okay Um, that's uh (laughs) that's a new one genuinely so anyway he crashes down in a weird so Apparently, according to this movie, and I have no idea if this is true or not, but Air Force One has like a presidential escape pod that kind of looks like the moon lander. I would I would believe it would have some kind of escape capability. I have no idea. I genuinely have no idea, but that's what happened in the film. Honestly, the film is nuts. There's they use these terrorists like take a helicopter like thing out to like go hunting and like a charter thing. And they use the helicopter pilot as target practice for a surface-to-air missile to see if it's going to work on the plane. Now, surprisingly, the helicopter pilot wasn't in the air. He was just running away. So I'm not entirely sure it counts as surface-to-air target practice or not. But anyway, I'm kind of going a little bit off-piste here. But it's a mental film. Samuel Jackson meets up with this kid who has been put out into the wilderness in Finland because that's his, like, birthright. He needs to go out uh, for 24 hours. He needs to come back with, like, whatever he's hunted. And surprise, surprise, the end of the film... He well at the beginning he's like he's fucking hopeless he can't do anything can't even shoot by an arrow and you know that's that's one thing that really got to me this film was so fucking predictable um, but he obviously you, ends up you said that you, you said that like it made you really emotional <laughs> there was just there was just something about this kid who couldn't hunt that really got to me <laughs> but yeah like the fact that he came back and anyway there was all this double crossing with the president and his like bodyguard and shit and and there's just some again he proves that he's the president by showing this kid his passport but it literally his passport literally says like <laughs> basically this is like i'm the president on it <laughs> which i'm fairly sure doesn't exist but again maybe you get that as well as your little moonlander in air force one there's some yeah there's i don't know anyway i'm getting a bit too much into the film rather than the president so anyway presidential positives um which is my little set of bullet points about why we why we want samuel jackson let's be honest i'll it's William Allen Moore, but it's Samuel Jackson. Why do we want him as president? So he's he's quite personable. He lets the kid call him Bill rather than William, which I think is a is a nice little touch. That's an, that's enough for you to vote for someone. No, again, <laughs> <laughs> this is there's a list, Ian. This is just I'm just I'm I'm warming up. I'm giving you. I'm trying to paint a picture. Okay. Of uh, what a nice guy so, Bill is. So yeah, all, all those vote for President Bill posters really got to you. I mean, it worked for Clinton, right? <laughs> yeah, true, true. 
<laughs> there's there's all of this stuff where like obviously the president is being hunted down by these terrorists but the kid is also having his own like journey as it were to try and do what he needs to do to become a man and despite the fact that he's being hunted by terrorists he's still there he's still dishing out life advice to the kid he's like helping him trying to do what he needs to do he <laughs> there's a bit in it where instead of calling like talking about the military in presidential terms um he calls it the biggest baddest ass kicking army which <laughs> you know i think i think we need some more of that vernacular in political speak he escapes in a freezer <laughs> oh so full perhaps, full indiana jones full, yeah my, my notes here is perhaps a more mental use of a fridge than an indiana jones for because the reason there's a freezer in the wilderness is the kid's dad doesn't think he's going to be able to hunt anything so he hooks up a freezer to a generator and gives his kid a map to where the freezer is with a okay. deer's head in it. But then the terrorists are like, oh, great, there's a freezer. We'll keep the president preserved so we can taxidermy him. Mm. And But obviously they don't take the generator when they take the freezer, so the freezer is just going to get warm quite quickly. So there's no real logic to it there. He, he does half the movie with just one shoe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Weirdly, he leaves his shoe behind, right, in the plane when he has to escape because it's all going down, and then manages to find his shoe just neatly on a mountain in um, the middle of Finland. However, and there's some geography issues with this movie. Okay. Because when when the plane is going down, the, like, tracking beacon is tracked, and the, the guys uh, in the back in the US find it, and they're like, oh, it's in... Denmark, I think it is. But the plane was like on its descent into Helsinki. So I have no idea how the tracking beacon falls off in Denmark. Perhaps I missed something where someone chucked it out. I don't know. But you can't really just toss something off of a plane. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Have to make it filthy. Anyway, oh yeah, and all the Secret Service guys that that were coming down to save the president all died because someone cable tied their uh, parachutes together which was quite funny as in, t- as in tied them to each other or cable no, cable, that would have been cable tied the parachutes closed yeah cable tied okay, them cable tied them to cover I think you would have probably noticed before you jumped <laughs> yeah I was trying to think so how, does, how does that work but fair play guys <laughs> he ultimately despite being like a really weak ass president at the beginning he holds his own and he beats the main terrorist dude because there's one bit in it where he doesn't even know how to fire a gun and then the, the terrorist like oh you need to cock it um, and then it goes full circle at the end because the terrorist guy can't shoot it properly. He gets the gun, and in you know pure Samuel Jackson style, he says, "You've got to cock it, motherfucker," and then shoots him again. More vernacular, presidential vernacular that we need in our lives. That's all you need. I, I think so. And then after everything, he gets back. They all survive, and you know he's the president. He should probably be getting back to the White House, but he still makes sure his kid gets his praise, poses for pictures with him, and essentially the kids like hunt is that he brings the president back i don't think anyone else in this rural village in finland has managed previously or you know maybe that's what happens to jfk who knows um yeah and and luckily (laughs) bill had president of the united states written in his passport yeah so they knew they knew it was him so yeah i think you know based on all that i'd vote for him also fun fact there's a conspiracy theory that finland doesn't exist so maybe this all just happened in a some kind of alternate dimension alternate dimension where uh, days are made up of 24 40 minute hours <laughs> yeah and finland is is real and is much closer to denmark than we thought but yeah it's um yeah as i say so bad it's 
good kind of territory I think for this movie and there's a real like I guess there's presidential growth he's a nice guy he looks after the kid puts his interests ahead of his own despite that his that's his president and it's Samuel Jackson. So yeah, that's that's my reason. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd vote for Samuel Jackson. It's probably going to happen within the next 10 years. Ah, oh, who knows, man? Who knows? you got to rise up. <laughs> that's very fucking niche, that's- that is. <laughs> for anyone that went to the Atlanta Falcons game at Wembley four, four, four years, ago, years ago, <laughs> that one's for you. My next choice. Uh, so what I'm going to do, we'll kind of go through kind of, you know, his career up to becoming president. And then I just want to go through kind of a a brief speech that was given, which kind of, I think, really, you know, solidifies why he's votable. So this guy was a so former military. So he was a fighter pilot in the Gulf War, which, you know, means he knows, you know, the, the consequences of sending people to war and, you know, the political repercussions of that, which is good. Seems a bit excessive to go, go to war over a game of golf, though. <laughs> hey! <sighs> just let's let's let that sink in shall we there we go cool so we'll go through his speech which uh i i won't do an impression because i i can't do those and i also can't do an american accent anyway so in less than an hour aircraft from here will join others from around the world and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind mankind That word should have a new meaning for us all today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Uh, Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. Can you guess what film it is yet? And you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression or persecution, but from annihilation. We are fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but it's the day the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on, we're going to survive. Today we celebrate our Independence Day, name of the movie in the movie. President Thomas Whitmore from Independence Day. Again, this is one which you could kind of... (laughs) This could be a very small segment because it's just President Thomas Whitmore, he saved the world. Did he save the world though? He did, because he actually fought in the battle against aliens. So that speech was given to kind of assembled military people and civilians who had flight experience. And then he hopped in a plane and they flew off to fight. So not the mothership, because that's where Jeff Goldblum took up a MacBook and hacked into it. Yeah, I think so. It sounds, it sounds like the type of thing that like Jeff Goldblum would do. He flew off and fought the ship that was uh, coming on to uh, Area 51. Coming on to Area 51. Just like the look of the, the grey aliens that were still there. Oh, yeah. Loved him, man. Yeah. Loved him. He actually jumped in the plane and he actually fought in the battle, which is obviously an impressive thing. And I think that would be, you know, if we're being realistic here, if that was real and then an election came up, you're going to vote for him? Like, can you imagine being the guy who was competing against him? Like the presidential debates. There's not much you can say. Not, like, not really. Every every uh, answer would be yeah, but you yeah. know the thing where I went and shot the aliens yeah. down. Here's here's a photo of me in a plane, um, just before we went and shot the aliens down. It's like cool, but yeah. what about the economy? So here's another photo of me in a plane before we went to go shoot the aliens down. I could do this for like ten minutes. What about tax? The um... this is a photo of me in a plane, <laughs> just about to go shoot the aliens down. There's not not a lot. Really, you could argue against that, unless it's like a Winston Churchill tired of the war kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's. Um, it also 
disproves the system of the down bring your own bomb song as well because you know they asked why why don't presidents fight the war why do they always send the poor yeah yeah which you know is heartbreaking that they've proved system of a down wrong but this president did what a guy what a guy i've any but it's also like a very it's, <laughs> it's a very kind of iconic speech as well which i murdered a couple of minutes ago but it's it's the kind of speech it, it is just the gettysburg address but with aliens instead like you would end up having kids in school kind of recreating that in very very bad kind of plays aimed at parents with too many video cameras do parents still do the video camera thing i'm assuming it's just lots of phones now yeah i also don't know the legalities of it as well what of uh, shooting down aliens i think it's fine <laughs> that too yeah i imagine as well that means in like racists in 50 years time would be using the speech out of context to to back their own prejudiced views as well right yeah and i like also i'm not 100 percent sure on the accuracy of saying it's our independence day it's like it's not really is it it's more like cooperation <laughs> day but then you also have that great because scene where they're like morse coding how to destroy the aliens it turns out shoot also, in the massive glowing bit like it's a bad video game technically independence day makes no sense right because they never weren't independent they were just fighting off a war yeah like independence day in america as it stands is because they declared their independence but it's not like we weren't colonized and then gained our independence as a as a planet so I mean that's uh I mean so actually you say it was a good speech fucking stupid because it doesn't make sense. Oh, uh, well, speeches don't make sense anyway. I mean who the fuck says four <laughs> score? That's not that's not how you say dates. <laughs> it's all good political speeches don't really make sense when you sit down and pick them apart. I'm saying that not being able to remember any political speeches outside of John F Kennedy. The whole we'll go to the moon not because it's easy because it's hard. It's like all right, cool, good, great. I mean, it makes sense, yeah, but, but like you're going because you think you can get there. You're not going there because you like a challenge. You're going there for the political well, win of it all. It should really yeah, have been. To, we're not going. Yeah. To, we're going to the moon not because it's easy, because it'll piss off the Russians. Exa- but, yeah, exactly my point. It's nothing. <laughs> there's no other no other bones uh, yeah. about it. It was it was piss off the Russians. I've only got one note about Independence Day that I made um, is it, once. I knew is it about how you don't like Will Smith, Graham? Oh yeah, it's <laughs> fuck Will Smith. That is that is my one note about this movie. I haven't really got much more to add, but I'll say it again, fuck Will Smith. I, I thought this would be early enough in Will Smith's career that you'd be all right with him, because this was like straight out of Fresh Prince. <laughs> I was straight out of Compton as well. It definitely wasn't Will Smith. Straight, yeah, straight out of Bel Air doesn't have quite the same impact, does it? No, I still just, I don't know. No, there's, that's an, that's an, another podcast, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but no, I, I, I love Independence Day. It's the only problem with the film for me is that it didn't need a sequel and the sequel was shit. Like, it's awful. I'm just learning that there's an Independence Day too because I didn't realise they made a sequel. So it's so bad, I can't remember the name of it. I, I think it's Resurgence, maybe? Oh, that, that maybe rings a yeah, bell, actually. it's not good. Uh, Will Smith's not in it, for one, so maybe, you know, maybe you will like Oh, maybe it's better. Um, I'll watch it. uh, Whitmore rocks up again. Jeff Goldblum. I'm just going to say that as if it's his character's name, because it always is. Jeff Goldblum always just plays Jeff Goldblum. Even in The Fly. Jeff Goldblum plays himself. Yeah. yeah. Even in The Fly, it was just, no, it's just Jeff Goldblum was a fly. Yeah, the sequel's awful, but the, yeah. Whitmore led from the front. Again, he kind of had, like, people didn't seem to like him they thought he was kind of a president who wasn't getting anything done and then you know when it mattered he literally jumped in a plane and fought aliens and you know that's what i want from a political leader it's a good job he didn't have bone spurs (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's you know sometimes you just can't you know there are things that stop you from having to jump into a plane and fight aliens you know he didn't sit in his bunker 
He didn't tear gas people to go and have a uh, photo shoot outside a church. He, you know, knuckled down. <laughs> and he'd lost people as well. Like, you know, I think his wife had died by that point um, because of the alien attack. And he didn't, you know, he went for it. Fair play. I'd vote for him if I could, but I can't because I'm British. Oh, God, th- this episode this episode is fatally flawed. And he doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's where it falls down. That's the problem. That's where yeah, it falls yeah. down. It's yeah, not yeah, that yeah. he's fictional. It's that we couldn't vote no. for him. But also, in this whole, you know, world's independent thing, maybe we could. Oh, that's but that's what the New World Order are going for, right? A global government. But we probably won't be able to vote, I suppose. Yeah, true. I mean, would there be, a, would there be an election? Like, I'm not sure, like, polling stations would work in... A world that's had various cities blown up by giant aliens. Like, would it just be like, well, if you're going to stand, we'll just kind of let you go for it because one, no one's going to be able to compete unless someone flew a bigger plane against a bigger ship. Because mm. that that would be, you know, what? Well, yeah. What's your feelings on military spending? It's like here is a photo of me in a plane about to go off and kill aliens, and then goes, ah ha Here's a photo of me in a bigger plane going to fight bigger aliens. It's like, oh, damn, I concede. But if you're in a bigger plane, surely you've got an advantage. Therefore, the guy in a smaller plane who did more uh, b- damage bigger, b- to the aliens. Bigger planes are easier to shoot down. So if anything, it's more brave. <laughs> but yeah, that is, uh, that's, uh, that's my choice then. So President Thomas Whitmore from Independence Day. Over to you. Over to me. So my second fictional ballot will be cast for... You can only vote once, Graham. That's voter fraud. Yeah, yeah, it's all these mail-in ballots that I've got tons of them. (laughs) President Rathcock from Machete Kills... I'm still waiting for Machete Kills Again, dot, 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 in space. With his laser machete. It's just... I love Machete. First appearance in Spy Kids. As Machete. As Machete. Nice. So, yeah, Uncle Machete is Machete, apparently. So there's a whole... I would quite like to see the Spy Kids machete, like universe crossover movie. Oh, 100%. So yeah, President Rathcock was played by uh, Carlos Estevez in his first role in a film. But Graham, who is Carlos Estevez? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Ian. Carlos Estevez is uh, hashtag winning Charlie Sheen. Even in the opening credits of the movie, they uh, because Charlie Sheen had never done a movie under his, his real name, Robert Rodriguez added an introducing ahead of his name in the opening credits, which I thought was a nice little touch. President Rathcock is, I mean, he's mostly a, a dick, <laughs> um, but he just has a, an air about him. He has, they, there's kind of like, I don't, I don't know if he's, I watched his re-election video, which is on YouTube, but I don't know if that was like promotional material if it was actually in the film i couldn't remember i was just i was just thinking i i like that um we're doing a podcast on presidents we've mentioned a sheen and instead of going for the west wing we've gone for machete kills <laughs> oh yeah because ian we're highbrow oh yeah <laughs> so yeah he talks in this re-election video about how he gave money to space agencies and and i quote and let's not forget this film came out in 2013 built a wall to protect against the threat of illegals i'm not entirely sure if trump watched machete kills before he decided to run for president but yeah maybe he did maybe that's where a lot of his policies came from cool so you you, you want to vote for him because of his trumpian policies got that cool screen <laughs> saving <laughs> saving that to send it to people out of context definitely not what I said. I edit the podcast, Graham. You can say what the fuck <laughs> I want you to say. <laughs> so he he hires Machete to to take down this uh, 
bad dude in uh, Mexico, which I think, you know, um, I, I had it down as a bit of a power move, but actually perhaps, you know, as you were talking about the hiring of like Kiefer Sutherland uh, earlier, maybe this is just what presidents do. They find people that will do fucked up shit for them uh, under the radar. I'd also say he's he's arguably not the worst political figure in Machete Kills because De Niro pops up as John McGothlin, who's <laughs> a senator who makes a video where he's literally at the Mexican border shooting people and says that the border fence isn't enough and it needs to be electrified. These are terrible, terrible people. I'm really regressing my choice. I'd say, and, um, and <laughs> you would vote for them. So what is it about <laughs> stopping immigration into a country that particularly appeals to you, Graham? <laughs> Policy-wise, there's nothing good about President Rathcock. I think he's probably just a bit better than, than the alternatives. He does, he does save Machete at the end, whilst Machete is riding on a new that he's dismantling mid-flight. He then asks Machete to go into space. So that's fun. To chase to chase Mel Gibson, right? Yeah, yeah, to chase Mel Gibson because because obviously Any president who sends basically a Mexican hitman to kill Mel Gibson is probably worth voting for, really. I think this is re- his redeeming feature, right? Yeah. You know, he's clearly an awful person. And actually, I'm gonna lay my cards on the table now. I'm not gonna vote for President Rathcock because fuck that guy. But I'm just, just gonna make a note <laughs> for that for the debate section. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. <laughs> it ended up being like looking into this again a bit more was more like I guess illuminating in the fact that like this some of the dialogue in this movie and the fake campaign adverts is so close to some of the shit that's going on now. It's really quite unsettling. And I guess Robert Rodriguez, you know, had all of this stuff in the back of his head. He's done a lot of these like Mexican exploitation movies in the past with Desperado and, and everything. So he's coming at it from a way that he's, I guess, trying to to amplify to the absurd what Mexicans kind of have to suffer through. But at the same time, the fact that it's so now now where we've got to in reality, it's, yeah, it's just it's just kind of a bit unsettling when I kind of went back through all of this. I also I think I text you about this, but after reading about all of this and looking into the kind of the, the fake campaign adverts and stuff and how similar it is to what's going on now. I went down a bit of this rabbit hole as people were talking about this thing called predictive programming, which I'd never heard of before. But essentially, <laughs> this is turning this is about the fourth time I think I've mentioned conspiracy theories. Um, <laughs> but there's a conspiracy theory out there that the movie industry is getting us ready for all of these fucked up things to happen. Oh, is this like the whole feeding it into the, the, media? the Simpsons predicting things? Y- yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like the idea is that priming us for a, a scary event without panicking us will mean that when it does happen we won't we'll kind of be more accepting of it um, I, i'm assuming this um, is all this is all put together by tupac elvis and the original avril Levine. yeah, yeah and the original paul mccartney as oh, well of course he's, yeah. he's, he's there too he's 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 the ringleader yeah i mean it's look it's not a, it's not a rabbit hole i, thought, I need I, to go down i thought he was the wings leader yeah that deserved that silence <laughs> and also you know, considering that, like, I can see where they could try and make the argument with Machete kills, right? Because, as I said, there's a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie that is quite similar to what... <laughs> okay, not a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie because Danny Trejo isn't out there hunting down Mel Gibson. There's also... Uh, you, you can't say that with certainty. Well, true. 
2020 has been a wild ride. Um, there's also, did you ever see the deleted scene where there's where Mel Gibson is growing a baby machete in a test tube? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 nuts. The stuff in this movie definitely isn't happening. Well, okay, not definitely isn't happening. I don't think it's happening, as in the kind of sentiment and some of the rhetoric that you've got in the US at the moment. But if you were using a movie to prime the world that this is kind of accept thing, something to accept, surely you're going to choose a more widely circulated movie than Machete Kills. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it made about 30 million at the box office, if that. it's You're not getting your message out to, to the whole population there. So yeah, I look. This was mainly picked because the Machete movies are great, and I was looking for for presidents that I wanted to vote for. I don't want to vote for him. He's not in our top three. He's not in our top six. He has terrible policies, um, but it's quite fun to watch, and it was it is quite interesting to watch back, given the kind of state of the world now. So um, so so this is more so yeah. top three movie presidents you enjoyed watching, but wouldn't necessarily vote for. Yeah, because I'm not going to go on record saying that I would vote for someone like um, President Rathcock because he's a prick. <laughs> My final choice, and I'm guessing people at home are thinking, ah, oh, you know, Ian's generally been quite good with his choices here. What's what's his next choice going to be? He's he's already picked, you know, one of the more critically acclaimed TV presidents that was, you know, arguably had an impact on Obama being voted in. He's picked, you know, Thomas Whitmore, who's one of the more famous movie presidents that, I mean, you'd kind of struggle to argue against a guy who saved the world. So, you know, who's it going to be? Is it going to be, you know, we haven't really mentioned the West Wing. Is it going to be someone from there? Is it going to be Harrison Ford in Air Force One? No, it is President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho from Idiocracy. (laughs) So... You may not have heard of President Camacho, but he was a five-time. I was hope- yeah, he was a. I was really, I was really hoping you were going to use his full name every time you yeah. said it. Yeah, I, I could do it. So you may not have heard <laughs> of President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho before. Uh, he was five-time Ultimate SmackDown champion and porn superstar, and currently leads the House of Representing in um, America. <laughs> so, <laughs> Idiocracy is. It's one of those films where it's dated really well. Like, I don't think people really watched it when it came out, but it's kind of come into its own now. So it's basically about a guy. He is the most average person in the entire United States Armed Forces. And he's played by Luke Wilson, who's arguably the most average man in Hollywood. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he gets, uh, he takes part in an experiment. So he gets frozen for a year, but then shit goes down and he wakes up 500 years later. And it turns out the world has gone stupid because the idea is, so without any natural uh, predators, intelligence didn't become a factor anymore. So we basically evolved in reverse. So it means that, for example, in, in this world, one of the best TV programs available on the violence channel is called Ow My Balls which could possibly be the best show ever. It's just a guy getting hit in the balls. Um, I mean, I'd watch that, which I don't know what that says about. um, There's still films. A film that came out in this time was just called Ass, which is just a shot of someone's ass that occasionally farts. And it won eight Oscars, including one for screenwriting. So Probably more deserving than Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, but yeah, let's... (laughs) 
You know my feelings on that, Graham. <laughs> so, President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Comancho. And just to, let, let's just hammer this home, shall we? So, there are two presidents in this film. Through the majority of it, you have President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Comancho. And then you also have President Not Sure, who is the Luke Wilson character, who is the most intelligent man alive. And when given the choice between President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Comancho and President not sure. I went with the one played by Terry Crews. So <laughs> presidential quotes, we all have shit. I know shit's bad right now with all the starving bullshit. And <laughs> now I understand everyone's shit's emotional right now, but I've got a three point plan that's going to sort everything. What more do you need from a president? He drives around. Sorry, are you, is this, are these President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Herbert Comanche quotes or are you, are you got Trump? Trump quotes uh, there. No, no. So these aren't Trump quotes. These are President Dwayne okay. Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Comanche quotes. Um, okay, he wears a <laughs> United States waistcoat and drives around on a trike. And Air Force One nice. is a camper van. Um, <laughs> but the problem, kind of the... <laughs> are you printing something? Uh, apparently something's printing. Uh... <laughs> I cannot remember where I was. You're printing something. So yeah, so in this in this future world, there's a lot of problems because so starvation is becoming a problem because of lack of food. There's a load of dust storms. Mm. Um so President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Comancho hires Luke Wilson's character to solve these problems because he acknowledges that you want the, you know, the most intelligent man in the world on this. And it turns out what's causing all the problems is uh, so Brondo, who's basically this world's Gatorade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> decided that water was a huge competitor, so took them out of the market. So all of like the world's crops are being watered with basically Gatorade. Excellent. Which meant nothing also Yeah, which meant nothing was growing, which was creating these dust bowls, which was creating these dust storms. And, you know, not sure managed to sort this out. So luckily, because because what you want in a president is somebody who acknowledges when they need help right that they get the right people on their staff and yeah that's what president Dwayne alessandro mountain Dew herbert comancho did he recognized <laughs> hey this is the cleverest person in the world he can answer questions like you have one bucket with three liters and another bucket with five liters how many buckets do you have you know i want to nice. I, wa I want a president who can who can recognize this has and delegate, and, and delegate out yeah i've also just a, a potential future podcast episode idea there because you were talking about fake movie energy drinks um and i'd like brondo to go up against minotaur from minotaur <laughs> that's great well just just yeah f f fictional uh fictional food items yeah i think that's i think that's in the list to be fair oh, probably is but yeah, so I mean, so that's my that's okay. that, that, that's so my, that's that's my final choice is President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Comancho, who may not be the cleverest president, but he is five-time Ultimate SmackDown champion and porn superstar. But yeah, no, it, it's it's a great kind of um, input into my or insight into my psyche there, where when given the cleverest man alive or Terry Crews, I'd vote for Terry Crews. <laughs> I guess I guess it's that cruise control I like. We need the um, is is the sound of like you know like the crickets is that is that copyrighted? Can we use that? I'm sure if we left it long enough, we would have heard it anyway. I was trying I was, <laughs> I was trying to think of what the sound of tumbleweed would be. 
Okay, so my final choice, who I would vote for as president, and unlike my last choice, that I would definitely vote for this guy, is purely, perhaps purely based on name alone, is President Merkin Muffley from Doctor Strange Love in 1964. Of, as I say, obviously his name. And interestingly, this was Kubrick originally wrote Strange Love as a serious movie but he realized as he was working on the script it was actually quite funny so i think he was adapting a novel i forget the name of the novel was it fa- was it fail safe perhaps but i'm not sure but yeah so as he realized it was quite funny he turned it into full-on satire and started including some ridiculous names uh, like it was sorry it, it wasn't fail safe it was red alert please continue there we go um so yeah he he realised it was quite funny and so he wanted to turn it into a full-on satire so he started including some ridiculous names. So you've got Merkin Muffley, Turgidson, Kissoff, etc. Obviously portrayed by the brilliant Peter Sellers who played basically nearly everyone in this movie. <laughs> was he th- um, three or four? He was three. He was originally going to be four. I forget the one. Oh, it's the the kind of southern texan guy was originally also going to be sellers as well but they uh, i don't know what why but they recast that as, as someone else so yeah he plays Merkin muffley dr strange love and captain mandrake he was also originally he was meant to play Merkin muffley with like a really like bad cold to kind of further show that he's a bit of a weed next to all of these other like man's man men man's men men's man don't know men's man, uh, man's man. man <laughs> manly men it's i'm gonna start breaking into the two and a half men uh soundtrack uh soundtrack intro but apparently the way that sellers was acting this like over the top really bad gold was was too funny and it kept cracking everyone up and they weren't able to carry <laughs> on with filming so they decided to cut it out he he's just he's just you talking before about like good guys He's a nice guy, Merkin Muffley. Um, he, he calls up the USSR to let them know they've accidentally started launching some planes towards them that they can't call back. That, that's, that, and that, advises. that's the whole Hello Dimitri scene, right? Yeah, yeah, which is just just a great scene. He, he's basically, there's a bit in it where he's like, where Dimitri, who's on the other end of the phone, is saying that he's, he's sorry. And then President is Merkin Muffley is like, I don't say you're more sorry than I am because I'm capable of being just as sorry as you are, Dimitri. <laughs> um, and it's but the back and forth, you know, that whole phone call is is just fantastic. I think he's really what we need right now. I, I think the way that Murky Muffley is portrayed in the film, he's kind of like the antithesis of Trump. And we've had too much bullshit for the last four years. So I, I really think it'd be a nice, nice change of pace to have a have a good guy that doesn't need to try and do all of this posturing. Clearly, you know, he's he's got his his downsides, but uh ultimately I think um just being a being a stand-up gentleman is is a really good for a successful president. He also in this movie has probably one of the best comedic lines in cinema ever, which is the gentleman, you can't fight in here. This is the war room, which <laughs> is just one of my favorite lines i think my uh my my favorite thing with the the war room is apparently stanley kubrick spent ages making sure the shade of green was right um <laughs> for a black and white for movie. a black and white movie because he wanted the table to be the same color as uh like a poker table so the idea was that they were playing uh right you know, play okay. a game of poker for the fate of the world <laughs> but it's a black <laughs> and white film that's fantastic <laughs> I mean, fair play, Kubrick. 
it's i mean it's it's one of the one of the best films out there it's definitely probably oh, in my top 10 it's it's not just one of the best comedies it is one of the best films ever made yeah it's um you know they um act nearly got arrested for like espionage really yeah so um they were flying and getting uh just footage from a plane to be able to go outside kind of the sets of the planes that were flying basically um, and they accidentally flew over a top secret military base nice. so they got like chased <laughs> down and told to delete the footage it's like why are you filming around here it's like because we're doing a film amazing it also the film was delayed a year as well because of the Kennedy assassination. They had to um, um, they had to read very badly double line because of that. I think. Um, oh really? Yeah, I, I can't remember the line, which is a very bad storytelling from my side. But I think it's um, <laughs> they talk about like a good time in Dallas or something. Which is like, <laughs> just like, nope. Let's actually, you know what? Let's do this pro- properly, shall we? No, as in, I am actually going to find the quote. Here we go. Yeah, so because of the Kennedy assassination, there was originally a line, a fellow could have a pretty good weekend in Dallas with all this stuff, and they had to very badly dub out Dallas to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. Uh, there was yeah. also supposed to be like Probably a, for the best. It was supposed to end in a pie fight or something. Excellent. Yeah, God, that's a good film. And I do like it. It's, it's a weird one. I, I think kind of like Peter Sellers is obviously... A comedy icon and everything but it doesn't seem to have filtered down the generations like monty python has python. or anything yeah, like that because yeah. like my, my my dad and you know his generation of people will Peter Sellers and dudley moore right up there but it just hasn't quite dropped down unless you're like really into british comedy yeah i don't know don't know the reason reason behind yeah, it no. you're right i i completely agree because you definitely if if you if you're flicking through the tv likelihood is is you'll probably stumble across some some sort of python at some stage over the course of a week whether it's reruns of the flying circus or yeah or a movie yeah it's a strange one and especially like the seller's range as well like in this movie alone playing a playing three characters and also playing he certainly with merkin muffley as well he plays him really quite straight but is still very funny whilst yeah. doing so yeah it's the it, it's <laughs> kind of i think every facet of how peter sellers is funny in that film because you've got the really stupidly over-the-top caricature of dr strangelove um yeah like you said you've got the near kind of perfect delivery straight man of merkin muffley and then with mandrake it's more of a satire of the british kind of ruling class yeah o- over the top posh yeah british. yeah it, it's yeah. oh it's such a good film wouldn't necessarily vote for the president that oversaw the destruction of the world, but you know he's he's a great man. <laughs> I, I mean, to to be fair, he didn't oversee the destruction of the world, and he did every like it wasn't his fault, and he did everything in his power to try and do the best for the world, even giving his quote unquote enemies uh, the heads up and telling them to destroy his own planes for the good of the good of the world. So you know, I think um, I think as as presidents go, that's a pretty presidential thing to do. And that's fair. he's got my vote. That was a good line to uh, transition out of. I liked that. I know. It's almost like I thought about it. So out of your choices, what's your top yes. three? So my top three would be, well, it's basically a top two because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to vote for, uh, I'm not going to vote for President Rathcock, despite, you know, 
maybe a couple of slightly redeeming features. He's a terrible man with terrible policies. So he's he's out of there. He's he's not even number three. Number two, Samuel Jackson in big game. Just because of everything I spoke about, he's puts this kid before himself. He is Samuel Jackson. I mean, I'm I'm it's it impresses me that we got to episode six before I spoke about Samuel Jackson because I love the guy. Oh, we had we had more than I love my own mother. We had we had a little bit of him in Phantom Menace. Yeah. Not enough. No, the one guy that got his own color, his uh, own lightsaber color, because he is Samuel Jackson. Um, what a bad motherfucker! Yeah, that's the that's the guy that deserves to be president. And then number one, Murky Muffley, because of a what film? B. He is just he's a gent. He stands by his principles, trying to do what is best for not only his country but for the world. Um, and that's the kind of guy that you need in the Oval Office. That's that's fair. That's fair. So so your choices are number three, number two, Samuel Jackson in Big Game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then Merkin and Muffley. So, yep. so I think out of mine, and it, it's something I've been kind of flitting between, I think this has changed multiple times <laughs> since we've started this. But I think number three, if, if I'm being honest with who I would vote for, I think number three would be President Dwayne Elizondo mounted you, Herbert Comanche. I think that's fair, because by virtue of the premise of the movie, he is dumb as fuck. Yeah. We've had, you know, that might be okay in the alternate universe of idiocracy, but we've had four years. I, I like, I like, yeah, exactly. I, I like that he's willing to, you know, bring on help to help him make decisions. Um, and I also like that he's Terry Crews. So number two for me is David Palmer. So the president in, well, at least in part of 24. Um, <laughs> arguably, he is the most presidential out of all the ones kind of we talked about. He has kind of a gravitas there, which I don't think the others have. Um, and then obviously kind of that Palmer effect is also very interesting, if depressing to think about that America needed a TV show for that. Which means that my number one is President Thomas, I saved the world in a jet plane, Whitmore. Because, I mean, come on, if, if if you could vote for a guy who saved the world, you would kind of vote for that guy. Even if all politicians act like they do, he literally fought in the war that did. So, yeah, so those... So our, our two number ones, uh, one of them saved the world, one of them was President Mars the World Exploded. Yeah, we clearly have different priorities, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so... So yeah, so so my final final choices. So, uh, Camacho three, Palmer second, Whitmore one. So, what would you say? What's your thoughts on the final top three out of these five choices? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm saying both of my two should be in there. Um, you would, I think. Huh? I, th- I said you would. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I have taken one of my choices and completely omitted them from not only the top three, but the top six. That, that's so. fair, but I, I haven't because I picked people I would vote for. Which is which <laughs> is the game we're playing. <laughs> yeah, so I think Merkin Muffley, as I say, like for, for the integrity that the man has and the fact that he's willing to kind of do whatever it takes, even though it didn't work, to save the world. And also, I'm um, guessing, like the hyper in this hypothetical situation where we're allowed to vote in an American election, yeah, um, you would be in the 60s, which is kind of yeah, height yeah. of Cold War, and you have a president who's willing to negotiate, and that's a huge thing. 
Oh, <laughs> massive, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not to go too, I have a history degree on people, but that would be a big thing, and I have a history degree. Yeah, and then then I would, so I'd go Merkin Muffley, I'd go Thomas Whitmore, because, yeah, he, he, the thing I like about Thomas Whitmore is he got his hands dirty. He didn't fuck about, wasn't just all talk, no trousers. And again, probably as far away from the current presidency as, as you can get. Um, I think his hands are normal sized as well. Um, and then in third place, Samuel Jackson, because Samuel Jackson is Samuel Jackson um, and we deserve him as a president. But also his kind of redemption throughout the movie, the fact that, as I said, you know, he... He is the president. We tell by his passport. It says it. I'm the president. And despite all of that, he's willing to put this kid and this kid's journey to become a man and everything he needs to do, despite the fact his actual father doesn't believe in him, ahead of everything, ahead of, you know, just surviving because he's the president and therefore he's the more important person in the movie. Yeah, I think that's that's a really kind of... You know, it's a great, great characteristics and the type of person that I think I would, I would vote for. That's fair. So yeah, so Whit- Whitmore is definitely up there. I personally would put him above Merkin Muffley because they both tried to save the world and one of them did. <laughs> but he had more technology at hand. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think David Palmer is. He is actually the most presidential. <laughs> he seems to be the for two days. For 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 two days that we see. He's for me, he seems kind of the most and part of this is obviously because there is kind of a political thriller aspect to 24. So you do see a lot more of an insight into the actual politics of everything. But Mm -hmm. for me, David Palmer was he I mean, he was so presidential that people argue that had an impact on Obama being elected. Which is which is insane. Like it's it is, it is yeah. <laughs> it, it's in, insane. In, There's no other way. In, in multiple <laughs> multiple senses yeah, of yeah. the word, it's insane. So I would have Palmer on there for President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Uh, for me, that is a similar argument to Samuel Jackson choice in that he's Terry Crews riding a trike in an American waistcoat, <laughs> and he's five time Ultimate SmackDown Championship. And a porn superstar. So that's a different type of president, but one who still acknowledges <laughs> when he needs help and gets in kind of the cleverest people available to help him make decisions. So he's also Terry Crews. I mean, let, let's face it, that's the main reason that guy's on the list. There is also a, a slight issue with David Palmer, though, is how do you vote for a dead president? Oh, is this how we're playing? <laughs> Uh, the same way you vote for a president when the world's been destroyed. <laughs> yeah, afterlife president. Yeah, afterlife president. <laughs> yeah, but you're not in the, You're not dead. Are you, if the world's destroyed, we're all dead. Are you saying? If are you saying if the president's dead, then just the president can is in the afterlife. So, so f- but you can't vote. I mean, have you had a recent vote for the afterlife president? I certainly haven't. So, f- what you're just just so I can get this right <laughs> is for me to have David Palmer in our top three. I have to kill myself. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Good to know. That's where, uh, that's where we've been doing a podcast for a month, Craig. <laughs> a month and you're already telling me I should kill myself. Oh, well, you know, six episodes, not bad, Ron. It's not bad. 
So how badly do I want David Palmer in this top? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, but I, I, I feel like... Okay, so it's, it, let's get out of the top two. We'll go Whitmore, Merck and Muffley. I'm I'm fine with that. In that like order. I said, and, and the, the main difference is one succeeded and one didn't. But I still like, yeah, Merck and Muffley's ability or willingness to negotiate separates him from a lot of, I think, politicians... Uh, of kind of recent in general. Years. So yeah. <laughs> so I would I would happily vote for Whitmore because I don't really see what the alternative would be. I would happily vote for Merkin Buffley. So for me, <laughs> are we doing David Palmer versus Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. Alright. Without looking at your notes, what was the president's name? William Allen Moore. <sighs> I thought I'd got you there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how I remembered that though? Because he let the kid call him Bill and Alan Moore wrote Watchman. Ah, oh, damn. All right, fair enough. But for the actual people we vote for, I think it has to be David Palmer. But I mean, what what is what's he doing for us from beyond the grave? Um, easing visa rights into the afterlife. Um, <laughs> he's building a ghost wall to stop demons coming up from south of the border. Um, I can't. I can't keep this line of joking up. But the the amount of stuff that David Palmer got through. So he got through two assassination attempts before the third one got him. He stopped two nuclear attacks as president and then as advisor. He stopped a bioweapon attack. Like he's he's clearly got his stuff and he did that by standing to his morals and kind of his ethical compass. So for me, David Palmer. Yeah, but you also he may have done all of that, but Samuel Jackson survived an assassinate well, repeated assassination attempts whilst he was being hunted. He survived in the Finnish wilderness with only one shoe for at least 24 hours he was the president for longer than two days and david palmer was president um, for longer than two days <laughs> if we if we go not even two not even two full days because they're 40 minute hours if, 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 um, if we're going from that it means that samuel jackson was president for whatever the 90 minute runtime of big game was <laughs> and um he escapes in a freezer so I feel I feel like we're a bit of a dead heat. So we should probably see who would win in a fist fight between Samuel Jackson and David Palmer. I think David Palmer would take it. He's a big guy. He was a college. Uh, <laughs> he used to play basketball at college, so he's an athlete. <laughs> what college? Fictional twenty-four college. I don't know. <laughs> twenty-four college. I no no. I I I think David Palmer is actually uh, from a from a political standpoint. I think. He's who I'd be more willing to vote for. Samuel Jackson, like if it was just, I, I would be more willing to vote for Samuel Jackson than the president from Big Game. It is called Big Game, right? <laughs> I'm not yeah, just yeah, saying, yeah, saying yeah. the wrong. I said it too many times. It sounded made up. Well, I guess it is made yeah, up. Yeah, because films. Because the idea is they're going hunting yeah. for Big Game. Got what it. is the biggest? What is bigger game than Samuel Jackson? But yeah, I, so I would go David Palmer, and then I would honourably mention that I would actually vote for Samuel Jackson. Okay, I'll take that. That's that. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. I don't know any of Samuel Jackson's policies either, apart from... Samuel Jackson. It's a shame he's a Falcons fan. Oh, but... actually, no. You know, you, you've got to cock it, motherfucker. Yeah, is one true. of his policies. I don't have any quotes from David Palmer, but I'm assuming he says something about Jack Bauer at some point. But, okay, so... <laughs> Jack Bauer. So final top three then. So it is President Thomas Whitmore, President Merkin Muffley, and then President David Palmer, with an honourable mention that if Samuel Jackson ever stands in politics and we were able to vote for him, we would vote for him. I'm happy with that. Perfect. So those are the podcasts nobody asked for presidents who we would vote for, and the president we wouldn't vote for 
is President Rathcock because fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. So if you liked our choices or if you had any kind of better ideas, you can find us on Instagram on uh, the podcast Nobody Asked For. And Twitter at Nobody Asked For Pod with the number four. So uh, yeah, let us know how wrong we were. Let us know how right you think you are. <laughs> and new episodes every Thursday. And uh, yeah. Rate us an Apple podcast because it helps. Give us five stars or don't rate us an Apple podcast. Perfect. I'm going to stop recording. Excellent. Ugh, no one asked for this.